You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox, and we're going to talk some realignment today, which I know as a fan, this might not be the most exciting thing to talk about. I, I find it fascinating. I find it interesting. But ultimately, like, we're talking about TV contracts. That's what kind of what all this comes down to. The moving and shaking that's happening, it circles back to, you know, follow the almighty dollar. That's where it's coming from. Um, so I think it can be frustrating as a fan because we're not talking about football. We're not talking about recruiting what's actually happening on the field. All this stuff is going on behind the scenes. And so if you listen to the big 12 round table, and if you just followed the news over the past week, you know, USC and UCLA are leaving for the big 10, uh, in 2024. And that puts the PAC 12 in a vulnerable position. It's sort of deja vu to what happened last summer with the big 12, um, Texas and Oklahoma it got leaked out that they were leaving for the SEC. Everyone thought the Big 12 was done. And I think, frankly, the eight remaining schools, I do feel like they put some feelers out there, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they were in a bad spot. And ultimately, uh, you know, the Pac-12 said, nah, we're good. We don't really want to expand right now. Um. And the ACC, you know, there was some rumors about maybe they would take West Virginia, maybe a few other schools. That didn't work. And so the members actually stayed together. And I feel like for the, from a Big 12 perspective, it made the conference probably tighter and stronger as a unit than it's been in a long time. There's always been infighting in the Big 12. And really kind of going back to the Southwest Conference, which I know the Big 8 was there, and then the Southwest, the Southwest Conference kind of merged into the Big 12. But... I still sort of associate the SWC with eventually what became the Big 12. And there's always infighting. It never seemed like, you know, the SEC, they're just arm in arm. They cheer for each other's successes. They take so much pride in each other's successes. The Big 12, I've never really gotten that vibe. But I I do think the conference was in agreement. Hey, let's work through this. Let's see if we can find a way to stay together, to stay relevant as a Power 5 conference. They go out, they get Houston, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati. And suddenly, the league has 12 teams again. It looks like it's in a good place. And now another domino has fallen. And I think the Big 12 is in a good position as we sit here today. I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. And I just give you that timestamp, July 7th, because all this news is flying around and things change so quickly. I think the Big 12 is in a good position because of where the Pac-12 is. However, today I'm making a plea to Brett Yormark, the new commissioner, and to the conference as a whole, to people who love the league. The Big 12 needs to be aggressive right now. They need to go get, there have been rumors, there have been reports that they were in discussion with six teams, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, and Oregon. But really, the the move that seemed most imminent was adding Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. 
And I think they need to add those four schools as fast as they can. Like, get on the phone, try to get a deal done, try to get those universities to give you a commitment today, tomorrow. Like, get it done as soon as you can. And here's why. As I said earlier, ESPN and Fox are orchestrating a lot of this movement. ESPN is behind what's going on in the SEC. Fox is behind what's going on in the Big Ten. And, I mean, from a network perspective, they are trying to package together the most attractive package of schools possible from a branding, from a revenue uh, perspective so that they can get the exclusive rights or as close to exclusive as they can to those conference games, and then they can sell advertising. That's, I mean, that's like the whole point of, of all of this from the perspective of ESPN and Fox. For the universities themselves... I think it's, one, the money, obviously. There's bigger payouts in the SEC and the Big Ten because of these proposed TV deals. Also, I feel like one thing that name, image, and likeness has done, and, I mean, ultimately, like I think it's great that student-athletes are able to now make money based on who they are and what schools and what sponsors are willing to pay them. But I think one consequence of name, image, and likeness is now that athletes are able to make money, and especially football players, with as popular as college football are, they have the ability to go out and make significant cash. It's given these universities the freedom to make these decisions And, I mean, they're really just making it to get more revenue, and they don't have to hide it anymore. Like, they're just out in front about it. It's like, yeah, we're going here because we're getting more money. Because they don't have to keep up this appearance anymore that, oh, we, I mean, yeah, we care about, you know, we care about football and basketball and all the Olympic sports, but ultimately what we really care about is giving these student-athletes quality education. And making sure they have the best experience possible in four or five years. Now, with name, image, and likeness, with the transfer portal, with the modernization, the the new world that we're in in college athletics, they can just be pretty out in front about it. Like, yeah, we're doing this for the sake of the money, right? So we're seeing that. We're seeing that happen. And also, I think, from you know, these schools that are making moves in the Big Ten and the SEC, the other part of this from a competition standpoint is I feel like eventually what they want to do is create a Super League. Now, the um, logistics of that, will it be completely, will they, you know, will they basically secede from the NCAA and say, hey, we don't need you anymore, at least in, in college football? Will they stay with the NCAA, but, you know, rework the power structure in college football to where they get preference in the playoff. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be official or unofficial, but, you know, reporters, like the trends, it just looks like that's where it's going. And I don't know how many teams are going to end up in those two leagues. So those are going to be your power two. Used to be a power five. Looks like we ultimately might be moving towards a power two. I still think there's value. And who, who's third in the pecking order? Like the next conference, once you get past SEC Big Ten, who's next when it comes to prestige, all those things? 
And so what's happening now? Well, with USC and UCLA leaving, the two biggest brands that are left in the Pac-12 are Oregon and Washington. Oregon with Phil Knight and Nike they have a lot of resources. It's also a really solid football program. And so they're considering what their next move is. Washington, just historically, kind of a brand name in college football, had a great run under Chris Peterson. Things have not gone well recently, but they have the resources on the West Coast to sort of bounce back quickly, you would think. And so these two teams, reportedly, they want the Big Ten. They want to be part of the Big Ten. They want to be part of this Big Ten deal. But the Big Ten is not making any moves right now because they're waiting on Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the the sort of big golden cash cow that's still sitting out there because they have exclusive rights with NBC. Their games are on NBC television. And for years, everybody thought, oh, well, if Notre Dame ever joins a conference, they'll go to the ACC. That's what they did during COVID. They play ACC opponents every year. It would, you know. Of their other sports are played in the ACC. It just makes sense. They'll just move over to the ACC. Geographically, all those things. But with the Big Ten now seemingly being a player with the SEC and kind of this top two, and the fact that the ACC has a current TV deal with ESPN that includes the ACC network, and that contract runs through 2036. <laughs> now, there's not as much flexibility there. And so, apparently, Notre Dame is considering the Big Ten if they join a conference. They could also just remain independent like they have forever. So, what does all this mean for the Big 12? And why is it important that they add these schools? Because you might say, well, man, like, uh, and I'll run down the four schools that seem most likely right now. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. Colorado, former Big 12 school. There's familiarity there. Historically, good program. Lately, has been a wreck. It's been very bad, especially the past decade or so. It's not a good football program. The two Arizona schools, Arizona's a mess in football. Basketball team's really solid. Uh, baseball has good pedigree. Arizona State, Herm Edwards got off to a nice start. Things have really deteriorated there. Utah, very solid program. Kyle Whittingham, great coach. They're tough. They're physical. They recruit well. They recruit in the state of Texas. TCU has history with them, as well as BYU from the Mountain West days. So of those four schools, Utah is really the only like solid football program at the moment. So why does this move the needle for the Big 12? Well, one, I mean, you just add you add numbers, right? Everybody's adding teams. So you add some more teams. You add – you're not going all the way to the West Coast, but you're getting closer. You kind of got that mountain time zone. Some, there's some appeal there. But what it really does, in my mind, and why I think it's important the Big 12 gets this done as soon as possible, is it puts pressure – on Oregon and Washington to make a decision. Right now, the Pac-12 is doing what the Big 12 did last summer. They're desperately trying to stay together. So the schools are all together, and they're like, yeah, we're one great West Coast body. But at the same time, 
They're shopping around. They're trying to figure out, okay, where's the best deal? What's our lifeline? Is there a way out of this? And so there's been a report from ESPN and others that there is a proposed deal on the table where the ACC and the Pac-12 could have some sort of formal alliance where there would be some non-conference games played between the two uh, conferences. And then at the end of the season, the Pac-12 champion and the ACC champion would play each other. So you'd see Clemson and Oregon in the Pac-12 ACC title game. And it would just be one, kind of a show of unity. There would be some TV money involved. And then also, I think it would be a signal, it would, or it would be their attempt to signal to the country, okay, okay, Big Ten SEC, they're the top two. Well, here's the game that features uh, two conference champions, and this is really tells you who the third best team in the country is. Who's kind of the top of that number three. But if the Big 12 is able to add these four schools, well, then what is Oregon and Washington's options? Now, they don't have to go to the Big 12 immediately. Maybe they wait it out and say, hey, we'll see if the Big 10 comes calling. But if they want to expand, if they want to keep the Pac-12 together, really the Pac-12's only option would be, would be to start extending invites to a group of five schools like Boise State, San Diego State, maybe UNLV. Not because they're a great program, but just because they're location in Vegas. But that would be kind of their next step. And so suddenly I think the Big 12 would become much more attractive to Washington and Oregon, who would be the two schools that would bring some major brand power to the league. Bob Bowlesby took a lot of heat through the years. And a lot of it was deserved. He wasn't the most charismatic man. He exuded the charisma of an HOA president. I mean, he just, he wasn't like the guy that was pounding the table, getting everybody fired up. That was never who he was. He definitely had his fair share of mistakes. And I think the, the fairest criticism about Bob, the thing that stuck and that is real, is that he just never had a great grasp on what was coming next. And I don't know where that failure originated. I don't know if it was just a relationship issue. He wasn't friends with the right people. And so he didn't always he wasn't always privy to what was going on behind the scenes. I don't know if it was just not being able to kind of cast a vision for the future. But he missed out on some chances for innovation. And ultimately, I don't think this was his fault, but Texas and OU left under his watch, even though, you know, it was all going on behind the scenes. But he was never really able, I mean, he added, I will give him credit for this, he kept the league together, he got the four schools to come in, but he was never really able to capture excitement or hype for the Big 12 Conference. And so Brett Yormark's coming in. And the university presidents that interviewed him, they said the thing, you know, they were just blown away. They were blown away when they sat down and talked to him. And the thing that blew them away was just the vision he was casting. He just had, he had a picture of the future of the Big 12. He was selling it on, he was selling them on something. You know, they didn't share the details. 
but he was selling them on the future of the league and where he could take it. Now, what does that mean? That means that they sat down and they said, hey, this guy can make us some money. <laughs> well, Brett, go make the Big 12 some money. It's time. Go get Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. Put pressure on Oregon and Washington. Make the Pac-12 more vulnerable. For the first time in a long time, put the Big 12 in a position where they can be aggressive, where they can play offense, where they don't have to constantly be reacting to everything going on around them and trying to save the league. It happened when A&M left, and Colorado and Nebraska. And I'm thankful for that because, I mean, heck, it's, you know, it's the reason TCU's in a Power 5 conference now. It happened when Oklahoma and Texas left, and you know what? They bounced back nicely. <laughs> but as I said earlier, a lot of that was simply that the schools that were left, they didn't seem to get the attention you know they wanted from other conferences, and so they said, okay, well, let's just band together and let's expand. Well, now's your chance. Go get these schools. Get a deal done. And show the world the Big 12 is still a force in the national landscape, and the college football world. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs.